You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Trabby. Well, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and that's my partner, Big Trabby. Travis, first day, first week, I should say, of the football season is now in the books. It was a doozy it, of a day. It was a long day, but a very great day at that. What do you? And it what didn't you, disappoint, man. No, I mean, even, just from the from the start of the you know the Saints and, and Fitz Magic rocking you know the Saints there down in in New Orleans, all the way to the end with Aaron Rodgers just working his magic on one leg. It did not disappoint. Yes. I'm glad football is back. Obviously, we had some fantasy players disappoint, and we'll jump into that. But, uh, man, it was great to have football back, was it not, my brother? Oh, man, it was so great to have football back and just getting the guys back together, having all the screens up, just watch, you know, getting as much and absorbing as much real football as possible. And it's just such a great feeling, such a, such an awesome time uh, to be a fan, to be a fantasy football uh, fan as well. So I I'm, I couldn't be more excited. And so today we've got a great episode. Today is our episode number 22, Travis. We're going over week one recaps. We're going to go over some big news and notes that happened yesterday, as well as break down each uh, game and what fantasy aspects we look forward uh, going forward, as well as some guys that you may might want to pick up on the waiver wire. Um, but first, let's jump into our news and notes, Travis. That's right, our news and notes. News and notes from around the NFL. I got too excited there, Johnny, but <laughs> that's right. Our news and notes are brought to you guys by Fanatic, F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Win the week, win the next, and win your league with these guys. Johnny's going to break down some of the stuff coming out of that app. Basically, if you are an Apple iOS user or you have an iPad or anything of that nature, you you got a Mac, you can download this through the App Store. They are a great program. They are providing data for the last three games on each player. They provide rankings brought to you by the Fantasy Whispers. We've got PPR and Standard in there. And they are constantly updating this thing, Johnny. It is a work in progress, but they are, they are, they are hustlers like us. So they'll be getting that, that, that stuff updated for you on the regular. For sure, as well as follow them on Twitter. Just search Fanatic, and they're a great follow. They, they, they throw up some charts and stuff on players as well throughout the week. So it's, it's definitely a good follow. All right, with that being said, First bit of news here is that Marcus Mariota is down, was being was down and being uh, attended to with a right hand injury. Now this game was very very weird because it started in the morning and then it had two huge weather delays, so it kind of like fell off the map there for a little bit. Like no one really yeah. knew what was going it took on. Seven hours. Yeah, this and game then, took seven hours to complete. Yeah, so then. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota end up coming back in the game, but it is definitely something to monitor moving forward. Travis, do you would you downgrade Corey Coleman if you know uh, it had to be Blaine Gabbert as the backup, as well as Corey how do you Davis. feel about or yeah, sorry, who did I yeah. say? 
Corey, Corey Coleman. Oh, sorry. I don't he, even know he's got a team right no, now. No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, Corey Davis, excuse me. No, yeah, no, no, uh, definitely. And the other thing about this is they've, you know, they lost Delaney Walker in the same game. Yep. Um, and so the offense kind of takes a hit. I would actually put a big upgrade, though, just based on his play and with the way this offense is trending on Deion Lewis. Yeah. Deion Lewis looked good. I think he'll be available for a lot of checkdowns if Gabbert becomes the guy. I mean, Mar- Mariota looked for him as well. So, uh, and Deion he Lewis good. is, I think, he looked big, good. yeah, he did look good. He looked elusive like we thought he could be. I mean, I don't think his issue has ever been his talent. It's been staying on the field. So right. watch him. Uh, but I, I like Lewis to be the biggest beneficiary if Mariota is forced to miss. All right, so um, next up we have the Jaguars coach. Doug Maroney uh, said he is pretty optimistic about Leonard Fournette's hamstring injury. TJ Yeldon is going to be a big guy that could be available on your waiver wire. We don't know the extent of the injury as of recording right now. He did miss a lot of time, uh, head to the locker room. Never like to see a hamstring injury. They are usually a multi-week injury, and you can never really know the extent of it until you start pushing it a little bit, and then, unfortunately, you cause for re-injury, a concern for re-injury there. So, Travis, what should we tell fantasy owners of Leonard Fournette to kind of ease their uh, worries a bit? The biggest thing for him is that he's a big physical guy, so if anybody can kind of power through this, it's Leonard Fournette. Uh, I just don't, uh, you said it, you know, right there. I don't like soft tissue. Um, these issues are never good. They, they tend to linger, especially the hamstring and, you know, stop me if you've heard this again, but Leonard Fournette has a, has an injury. So uh, like for me, it's like, I love the guy. I think he's a huge talent. Can he bounce back from this? Will they rest him knowing that Yeldon was effective enough? They got the W yesterday. Will they be a little bit more cautious? They want Fournette more down the stretch. You know, if, it, if I'm an owner uh, or a manager of Leonard Fournette and uh, a fan of the Jaguars, I want you to rest the guy. Because honestly, I'll, fi- I'll make do. I'll, I'll use my skills to be a good manager in the meantime. Rest him. Make sure he comes back 100% healthy. I'm going to need him down the stretch. The Jaguars need him down the stretch. So that's kind of my stance on it. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, this is kind of... A little bit bad news here with Doug Baldwin's right leg. So it's the opposite of his left leg that he came into the season uh, injured is going to sideline him for a while. He's got a rolled. He got rolled up on and it came out that it was a sprained MCL. So now he's not dealing with just one knee injury. He's now dealing with two Travis. What Uh, what is Doug Baldwin's uh, fantasy outlook for the rest of the season? It's not looking good, brother. I just, uh, for me, I don't know. Some of where his ADP fell, the risk was built in. Um, so it was okay for you to kind of take this hit. Obviously, you'd like to see more than zero points in that first game. Um, but I think you've got to just kind of, I think, I hope that you drafted with other expectations at the wide receiver position. And you're willing to tie up that roster spot as he nurses himself back. I do like what I saw at a Brandon Marshall on Sunday. I yeah, do like what I saw at a Tyler Lockett. Both of those guys I'll be writing my waiver wire piece on. Uh, we'll provide that on the website. So just go ahead and take a look at that. I think both of those guys are worth speculative ads at this point based on the Doug Baldwin injury. All right. So we just kind of touched on it, but we'll get into more detail here and give you a couple of options. 
Titans defensive or tight end, sorry. Uh, Delaney Walker suffered suffered a right ankle injury, and it's he's out for the season. Um, what I will say is that if you had Delaney Walker and you're possibly looking for a couple of guys that could fill in his absence, look for Kittle. George Kittle had a very solid day yesterday. He had uh, 90 yards receiving, and they went to him pretty often. He had two other major drops. That would have been yeah, big like gains. He, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that one that was like a 50-yarder down the sideline. Right. I really, yeah, I I agree with you on that one. So uh, Delaney Walker, or sorry, I'm getting guys mixed up today. It's a little it's Monday. <laughs> sorry, yeah, working out my Monday a- my Monday kinks here. Uh, so George Kittle is definitely a guy that I'm looking to add this week if I'm a Delaney Walker owner, uh, as well as RSJ is an option. I know that if you look at his stats yesterday, and we will get in this when we touch on the Arizona Cardinals um, game, but RSJ could be serviceable if they're, if George Kittle is not on there. Also, Jesse James also had a very nice day for a tight end when the entire position as a whole was down, if you look at it across the board. But we'll get into that in the show. Other news, Greg Olson is on crutches, and he was walking around on a walking boot on his surgically repaired right foot. This is not good. Well, I, it's not good, and I just hate when, you know, the doctors are wrong on or right on this kind of thing. This was an injury we knew was likely to be re-injured. I mean, just based on the fact that it, it has statistically, it's an 80% chance to be re-injured, and here it is again. He's re-injured. I feel so bad for Greg Olson. He was really pumped about this year. You could see him on the sidelines really pissed off, and I, I don't blame him. Um, it is what it is, but uh, we'll jump more into that game later. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting to see what happens there in Carolina. Does this provide that uptick that it did for Funchess last year? Uh, McCaffrey saw a ton of targets yesterday at the end of the game based on Olsen being out. So, does you know, McCaffrey was always going to get that work, but does he get an uptick now in receiving? Um, so it's just kind of interesting to watch how that will unfold. And then the last bit of news that we'll talk about is the Aaron Rodgers news. He came out, started off the game, and he got injured in the first half. What looked to be like a serious injury. A lot of, you know, not only owners of Aaron Rodgers, but just fans of the NFL were pretty disappointed. No one likes to see the best quarterback in the league go down. He makes the league better. He makes the league more entertaining. And so it was awesome. If you didn't get a chance to watch that game, go back and watch that game. That game was miraculous. He comes back in the second half, but we'll we'll get into those highlights. But Travis, what is your optimism moving forward? They haven't released the information on exactly what it looks like. Uh, what kind of injury it, it is, how severe it is, whether he's going to miss any time or not. Considering he came back last night, it, it would be hard to see. And know, and we know what Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a grinder. He's going to put his, his body on the line for his teammates. And so, you know, in that aspect, you as a fantasy owner are, are very grateful and that's awesome. There is a little bit of concern, though. He did look a little bit slower coming back but you can never doubt Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there, there's some concern there uh, long-term, obviously, with the franchise going down like that. Uh, I will say this. I didn't know that they would bring him back in that game. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when you and I were texting about uh, what what would you do in this situation? Yeah. And for me, Rogers kind of uh, he, he kind of hinted at the end of the game. He said, look, this is Packers Bears. This is the 100 year anniversary for the Green Bay Packers. This is our home opener. He was hurt all of last year. He wasn't going to let this one slip. And so for me, I thought that attitude really spoke well. And then when he was asked after the game, uh, would you play? Are you going to be OK for next week? And he says, oh, I'm playing next week. And I think that there's, you know, there's part of Rogers game that's always had that chip on his shoulder, always wanted to prove something, always found that motivation. I think against Minnesota, the team that knocked him out last year, uh, a juggernaut in the division with the Packers, I think he's going to be geared up to play that. He said that it's going to be tight and he's going to receive treatment. I think that they put a mini little sleeve on it. Um, I think that he's I think he's going to be in good shape. If you think a couple years ago, actually, down the stretch, he got hurt. He got stepped on in a Detroit Lions game. Yep, that's right. And uh, his calf. And he battled through that to come back and play a few games and play. He, he You saw him change his style last night. He went from being yeah. mobile to completely a statue and zipping it out. Short, quick passes to beat the pass rush. You know, maybe this injury was the best thing they could have done for this line, especially in that right. game. And right. that's, you know, get him to be quick and out on his uh, and on his routes and really drive the ball to the short underneath routes. So it's a little bit more West Coast. All right. Yeah, exactly. Anything else you want to add, Travis, before we jump into the no. show? Let's All do right, this, let's, man. I'm let's stoked. do it. Let's do it. This is your weekly recap. All right, Travis, we're jumping into our weekly recap here. We're going to start this game off with the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. It was Andrew Luck's return game. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, if you if you caught our, our live uh, Instagram live, we were talking about this game before 10 o'clock kickoffs. Andrew Luck looked I'm I, he looked good. He was a little sluggish to start off the game, but when you look at his overall numbers towards the end, they didn't end up winning this game. Bengals won 34 to 23. However, you look at what Andrew Luck did during this game. He put up 329 yards and two touchdowns. He did have an interception, but he he kind of checked the boxes that you wanted. He took some big hits yeah. and he got back yep. up. He was pumped about it. Uh, and, and I think this is all just building more and more confidence for him as we continue to get he gets more games under his belt. Yeah, nobody threw the ball more than Andrew Luck in the in the in these first games. I mean, we still have the Monday night games to go, but Andrew Luck threw the ball 53 times. Johnny completed 39 of those passes. And like you said, he checked a lot of the boxes that we wanted to see. He got in tune with T.Y. Hilton, who gets a touchdown. He got in tune with throwing to the backs. He got hit. He was mobile himself. Uh, All these things that you wanted to see him do, he did it. Um, Bigger thing for me, I think, out of this is the Colts line looked like we kind of thought it was going to look. It did not look good. You look at Jordan Wilkins, who carries the ball 14 times. And, Johnny, we talked about getting him 15 carries. We thought that was possible. Gets it 14 carries, but for only 40 40 yards. And there were just times he didn't have anywhere to go. Um, I don't know that I have a lot of confidence in any Colts back going forward unless yeah. the matchup is really ju- juicy. For me, I'm not excited about the Colts. I don't want to overreact, but that line just kind of looks like when it matches what we're saying in the preseason that the line doesn't look like it's going to be good, and then it's, in the first real action, it is not good. 
um, you kind of see like this is how it's going to be. Um, he did and then have, we had the yeah, sorry. go ahead. Uh, he did have the touchdown to Eric Ebron, which is why yeah, that was a nice know, that was a nice throw. And Ebron was qu- he was involved quite a bit. So that's if again, if you're a, a person who had Greg Olson or Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker, yeah, uh, Ebron is definitely another guy that you should be targeting. He might be a little bit cheaper on the waiver wire. Not as many people might be looking at him, but you look at what Andrew Luck did in or does in his career, and he likes to target the tight end. So definitely Ebron is yeah. someone to look at. Yeah, you look at what he did for Doyle, right? Ten targets to Doyle to only five to Eric Ebron. And you're sitting there going, oh, I don't know. But Ebron had a 12.8 yards per attempt, whereas you got Jack Doyle with sub nine. He had 8.6 yards. So the difference is Ebron's going to be your big play guy. And I think that you're in an offense that behind T.Y. Hilton lacks a big play guy. That could be a very nice pickup, especially – um, at the tight end position where it's all kind of wishy-washy as it is. All right. So the and- other big story, I think, out of this game was Joe Mixon, man. Joe Mixon looked good. He had 17 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Bengals' offensive line, how it was trash last year. We talk about how they ran at a historically low rate last year. Well, they came into this game with a mission, and they worked in Joe Mixon a lot, not just in the running game, but he was receiving out of the backfield too, which was nice to see. He had seven targets, Johnny, five catches for 54 yards. So something we knew that was a part of his game and it's coming to reality now. Yeah, I certainly like Joe Mixon coming into this season. I do want to see, they have a very, very tough matchup this next weekend against Baltimore on Thursday Mm. night. I certainly want to see how he performs there. And then I think we can kind of get a little bit better judgment of where Joe Mixon could fall this year. Um, If he comes out and repeats this performance, I think people are going to be, who got him in the second, maybe third round, are going to be looking at this as a steal, thinking, hey, I possibly could have gotten an RB1. Um, but again, hamper those expectations. This defense in Baltimore is, is very good. And so I do want to see him how he does against a good defense. This Colts defense is not very good. And so I, I am, yeah. but I, I don't want to take away from Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon looked very, very good. And you can certainly see the flashes of, you know, a lot of people in the industry compare him to Le'Veon Bell and his skill set. And you can, yeah, you I mean, AJ today was. AJ Green today was saying that he reminded him of Todd Gurley and and yeah, some of those guys at the top. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is his teammate. So we'll just sure. take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, Mixon looked good. What are your thoughts uh, on AJ Green? That, AJ Green had a uh, fumble. Was it one fumble or two? Uh, he looked good though. Other than that, I mean, obviously he had his eight targets, ninety-two yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he had a long pass of 38 yards. That was nice. Uh, or a long catch of 38 yards. That was nice to see. He looked good. I think there was some rust there. I think that, uh, you know, you, I think there some was a guy, lot of rust or the guy that I really like to see get involved was John Ross. And he only got that touchdown, mm-hmm. uh, which was the short one in the red zone. So it wasn't really, I mean, he was targeted a couple times, but, uh, not enough to warrant any kind of pickup or anything like that. But AJ green looked good. The Bengals on the whole kind of looked good. Uh, a team that does not look good is the Buffalo Bills, and that oh my was a beatdown that they they suffered at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. That's our next game. Ravens 47, Bills 3. They managed to get a field goal on the board there. We talked about our confidence in LaShawn McCoy going into le- uh, this last Sunday. 
Johnny. He had seven carries for 22 yards and a catch for negative one yards. Uh, are you panicking on LaShawn McCoy if you drafted him? Um, honestly, I'm not necessarily completely panicking. We All right, we already knew what LaShawn McCoy was going to be. We knew we talked about how he was going to slow down. If you're expecting him to be your RB1, you are in trouble. He's not going to be an RB1. However, the volume is certainly there more than seven carries for 22 yards. They got behind really quick in this game and were forced to try to throw it with Nathan Peterman, which is not a good, ever a good sign. Nathan Peterman, I, I don't know who's worse, Brock Osweiler or Nathan Peterman, man. Like, <laughs> insane. But um, going forward, I think better days are ahead. Again, we said, we just said it. Baltimore has a good defense. So, don't necessarily read too much into the seven carries for 22 yards. Now, what I would say is I do think he might be kind of an interesting trade target um, because I don't think he will be as bad as he was yesterday. However, you're, I you're willing to buy low on LaShawn McCoy. I think he is a buy low candidate here because you're not going to he's not going to get that. He's got to get more carries. He's got to get be more involved in the passing downs. So I would like to think so, but that line, Johnny, we talked about it in the offseason. Lost three starters. They got nobody to throw the ball to. They got nobody to throw the ball. Right. I'm not so sure that I enjoy any part of the Bills lineup this year. Um, and that includes Shady. Like, yes, the volume should be there, but it should have been there in this game. Why is he only getting one ball thrown his way in a game that they're down? Like, I just don't understand where the work is coming from. Or, or not coming to, from him. We do need to remember that he was a little bit injured coming into this game as well. Right. So that could lay, that could be a part of it. Um, I do need Correct. to go yeah. back and I want to rewatch the game film on this game. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to as yeah. gruesome as that's going to be. But I do want to see. I'm interested. Okay, I'm back. Uh, that might be <laughs> that. <laughs> that might be a reason as to why he only received one catch. But again, we'll we'll see. Calvin Benjamin here, that's a little bit of a concern. He only had one catch for 10 yards. Uh, and Zay Jones, three catches for 26 yards. Uh, Travis, you want to break this down a little bit more? Uh, I, I don't really want to. I kind of want to move on from Buffalo, to be honest. Uh I don't know what to say right here. I think that Kelvin Benjamin will have better days. Zay Jones is an interesting candidate to maybe uh, lead the way for some targets down the stretch. Baltimore is a team I'm trying to fade as much as possible, though. Or I'm sorry, Buffalo is a team I'm trying to fade as much as possible. Now, firing up Alex Collins was the idea, right, into this matchup against Buffalo. However, he does get that early score, and then he sits as he only gets seven carries after they rested their starters. If you look at the Baltimore rushing breakdown, Kenneth Dixon actually ended up with the most carries, 13 for 44. Uh, and then you look at, you know, Alex Collins with his seven for 13. Buck Allen gets four for 17. Not really exciting. How much of that is because they got up early. They didn't care uh, right. too much about who was in the game. I understand well, that. that. I'm not that gonna panic. Was, yeah, that I'm was not gonna part. They they, yeah. they put in they put in their their backups at halftime because they were right. up so much. So don't if you're an if you're an Alex Collins you know believer, then make sure that you don't don't be scared about Alex Collins because he has better days ahead. Again, they pulled him out at halftime, and so therefore he didn't get the full workload that he normally does. 
All right, I'm going to jump in here to the next game on our list, Travis, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. This was a shootout, one of the biggest shootouts that we've seen in, you know, in opening history of the entire the entire league, you know. They this this team combined for over 80 points, which as fantasy owners, we love that aspect, right? We love that part. But a lot of people were not loving the fact that they chose the Saints in a survivor pool. That guilty, that guilty yeah. is charged. And that that didn't really work out. But like I said, I I do not want to be a team playing the Saints next year or next week. That is for sure. Yeah, the Buccaneers, um, you know, we were wondering if they would lean on Barber. They actually lent, lent on, on Fitzmagic, man. I mean, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick was slinging the ball all over the place. Mike Evans had a big day. You saw Chris Godwin get involved. I think that this team has the potential to sling it a lot more often than they don't. And so, uh, I mean, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts slinging this, you got to really look at those comments that they said about Jameis Winston not coming back as the starter. You got to yeah. look at that a little bit more seriously. Yeah, Moving saw, over, though. To, yeah, go well, ahead. You saw Godwin get involved. Godwin is someone that is uh, an interesting stash on the waiver wire. He he does have a lot of talent. You saw him pop off at the end of last season. There was some hype. Yeah, and I think that. Season. I think that Deshaun Jackson went down hurt in this game, uh, at least concussed. So it'd be interesting to watch what happens there because, you know, Deshaun Jackson going out would only be a boost for Godwin, who had a, a right. decent game as well. Mike right. Evans, only seven targets, but still 147 yards and a touchdown. He looked really good. Looked mm -hmm. like that elite wide receiver we thought he could be, um, and he has been before. And then again, Fitz Fitzpatrick, man, looking looking like a beast out there. Uh, twenty one of twenty eight for four hundred seventeen yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Mm -hmm. um, initially, I was ready to write about Fitzmagic for guys that maybe had Rodgers if Rodgers was going down more permanently. Um, that's how I was going to spin it, maybe for a waiver wire piece. Obviously, Rodgers, I I believe is going to play, and there's not a lot of there wasn't a ton of injury to to quarterbacks to warrant you leaning on Fitzpatrick. I think. But the, he may be a nice streamer down the line. So as buys start to come in, take a look at Fitz, Fitzpatrick's matchups. See if he's got another soft defense he can throw against. I didn't think that New Orleans was that soft, but maybe they just took Tampa Bay for granted in this one. Yeah. We, we turn around to see, you know, we wanted to see who the Saints' number two wide receiver was. Technically, it was Alvin Kamara. He had nine receptions for 112 yards. Ted Ginn also added 68 yards on five catches. So he was technically the number two wide receiver in this offense. Uh, it looked like the Saints maybe didn't get into their flow that they wanted to. Although yeah. I will say, man, Kamara was a beast. Everybody's screaming for regression. This guy showed no signs of regression. Right. He's, he was the, still the same electric guy we thought he was. Um, yeah, so he for only, me, he only did receive eight rushing Right, uh, right. eight rushing attempts so that is still remaining down it will be interesting uh they kind of were taken out of their game plan really really early they were punched in the mouth and had to recoup from that so it, it it will be interesting but i'll tell you what man they they need mark ingram back for sure yeah mike gillisley looked very bad three carries for nine yards he also had a fumble yeah. uh was not kind of the guy we thought he could maybe sneak in and be and take some work away. I think you know, they did what they, 
I mean, they only had 13 total carries as a team. So once again, they were pulled out of their running game before they wanted to be. Um, But, you know, I don't think that Michael Thomas owners or or Drew Brees owners are complaining at this point. (laughs) Not not at all. Um, All right. Talking of regression, uh, we move on to the next game. Houston, Houston Texans at the New England Patriots. And man, my boy, Deshaun Watson. I needed antacid after that game. I was doing I was having some heartburn big time. He just looked rusty and he looked, you know, admittedly, he said after the game that this loss is on me. I was not ready. I was overthinking. So you like a guy that was self-critical and and saw that in himself. Hopefully he gets it cleaned up. I think their line, which took another big hit, their starting right tackle is down for the year uh, after this game. So their line looked bad, but he also looked like he was holding on to the ball. Um, So I actually like the line injuries to improve his rushing ability, which will help keep his floor nice. Um, So we just got to watch that. We've seen that happen with uh, those like Russell Wilson and uh, Tyrod Taylor in the past. The deficient line play has led to them running more, which is a better deal for fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah, if you're Patriots, if you're a new owner, if you're a nuke owner as well, there are better days ahead. This was a little bit tougher of a matchup. They were double teaming uh, nuke the entire time. So um, don't don't be nervous if you if you own him. He he will have yeah. that. He end up he end up catching a few deeper balls near the end, which end up kind of sal, sal uh, which salvaging up, his day. Salvaging his day. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, to, no problem. Yeah, to get a decent day, but there are better days ahead uh, ahead for him. Yeah, Hopkins still had those eleven targets. So, right. I mean, he's still he's still who the offense runs through. Bruce Ellington showed up with eight targets, was only able to catch four of them. A lot of that is on Deshaun Watson, but it's nice to see that if Deshaun gets a little bit better here, if he cleans it up, there could be two sustainable wide receivers uh, in this offense. So Bruce Ellington is is probably going to be a waiver wire guy I talk about a little bit just based on that target load. Um, But turning it over to the other side of the ball, the Patriots look like the Patriots, man, especially Gronk. You look at Gronk dominating yesterday uh, with with that touchdown he had. And then also, you know, eight targets for seven catches and 123 yards. So Gronk was Gronk. You look behind him, though. And it was James White who saw the most targets out of the backfield. He had nine targets. And then you had Philip Dorsett with seven targets for himself. So Chris Hogan owners, this is another like this was a guy I thought easily had a chance to be a number one wide receiver as much as he had a chance to disappear off the face of the earth. And that's exactly what happened. I think you got to be looking at some other options right now because I just think there's too many mouths for to feed in a McDaniels offense. He will throw it to anybody and everybody at any time. Uh, I don't think Hogan's a staple like Gronk is a staple in this offense. Right. And I think James White, they're going to continue to use James White as a wide receiver until they get Edelman back. So, right. You, you know that. Yeah, that was very discouraging to see Hogan. And I mean, but you're liking if you had the double dip of Gronk and, and Brady, you're pretty happy this morning because chances yeah. are you, you probably won won your your game, your matchup. All right. Yeah. So we we look at the running backs there, Johnny. Uh, This was an interesting note. We were like, how is this going to shake out? A couple conflicting reports. Rex Burkhead was going to be eased in. Rex Burkhead was going to be the focal point. Jeremy Hill could get more work. We saw Jeremy Hill go down briefly with an injury. We saw Rex Burkhead get 18. No, it did not. 
We saw Rex Burkhead get 18 carries for only 64 yards. So 18 carries is good. If you're a Rex Burkhead owner, you like to see that. Uh, especially Sonny uh, Michelle not making it into the game. And he's white here. You know, he had five carries of his own. So it looks like Rex Burkhead is going to be the guy, and he's going to be set up to get some of that little Garrett Blunt love in the past. Um, Gillisley for a few. So look out for Burkett. I know the yards per carry wasn't that great. The Texans didn't weren't really that great of a matchup, though. They have a pretty strong front. You, uh, yep. They weren't a team you were excited to run against. Yep, that's true. And I, I think I think Sony Michel might be active for next week's game um, due to the fact that Jeremy Hill looked like he might be out for a while. All right. Next game we're going to talk about is the San Francisco 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings won this game 24 to 16. Minnesota's backfield breakdown. Murray with 11 carries and 42 yards. They eased Cook, eased Cook back in with 16 yeah. carries and 40 yards. And I'll uh, take that easy. Right, exactly. And he also added in the passing game uh, a few checkdowns from Kirk Cousins, who he's known he to looked do good that. on those. Yeah, that's probably where he looked the best to me uh, rewatching the film is when they worked him in space out of the backfield and he caught those dump offs. He was getting around the corner so fast. I mean, part of that is the Niners good as, as uh, you know, as some of the others in the league. But Cook looked good definitely on those those. I have to I actually have to eat a little bit of crow here, though, Johnny, on Adam Thielen. Yeah, Adam, Adam Thielen. Thielen. He was not a guy I was excited about, especially not after the preseason with Diggs getting so much work. I was like, I don't know if Thielen fits what Cousins wants to do. Oh, on the contrary, contrary, dude, 12 targets, six catches. So some of these were missed. Imagine what kind of day he could have had if he catches more than 50% of his balls. Six uh, catches for 102 yards. Didn't score, but he had a nice 34-yarder, uh, a big gainer there. Diggs had his own his own day there with the touchdown, and we kind of figured that, right? We figured right. Thielen would be – if Thielen was going to be involved, he was going to be the yardage guy, the safety net. Diggs would be your touchdown monster. Right. I think it equated that way. Rudolph obviously gets in for a score. Kirk Cousins historically loves uh, red zone tight ends, um, and that's exactly how that played out. Anything else kind of surprise to you or jump off the page for the Vikings in this game? No, not for the Vikings, um, but when we break it over to the San Francisco side of the ball, um, there are a couple of things. I do still have my concerns with Jimmy Garoppolo. We still saw the same kind of mistakes he was making last year when he was throwing interceptions. He had three in this game. Now, I know what people are going to say, like one of them, you know, the wide receiver came out and said he ran the wrong route. Well, I mean, Jimmy still threw the ball and it was still picked off. Now, this is a very good defense. Don't get me wrong. Do I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to have three interceptions every single week? No, but Jimmy Garoppolo did throw a lot of interceptions last year, and you're still seeing the throwing off the back leg kind of things, throwing on the run across your body. Those types of throws are made by the elite of the elites. You know, Aaron Rodgers can do it because he's Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady can do it because he's Tom Brady. I don't think yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is to that level yet, even though he thinks he is. And <laughs> so therefore I am still on the bandwagon of Jimmy Garoppolo to me is more of a start uh, spot start than a weekly starter. Yeah, no doubt. And I understand uh, where you're coming from there. I will say, obviously, like you said, this is an elite defense. 
So I wouldn't overreact, although there weren't many leagues that I was drafting Garoppolo in. I would have a backup for Garoppolo for games where he's playing against elite defenses. Last year, he gave you kind of hope because he played Jacksonville in Jacksonville, and people thought, oh, he he tore them up. It was also towards the end of the year. Jacksonville had locked up what they needed to lock up. San Fran was still playing to figure out their offense. So for me, um, he's going to be matchup dependent, and I think that's yep. just what like what we've come to with him for sure. Yep, uh, we saw, unfortunately... We, we had a little bit of an injury in this, and, and Marquise Goodwin went out yeah. of the game for a little bit. Um, the good news is he came back in, tried to give it a go, but then ended up being pulled back out. Uh, I don't think this is going – we'll get more information, of course, as the day goes on, but it looked more of like a, a, a Charlie horse. If anything, he ran into a defensive lineman and hit his leg it didn't look like his leg bent in any awkward way i just think it was like a charlie horse to his thigh and so better days yeah, interesting about this is they actually brought him back in and then they shut him down again so yeah uh, maybe that's just because it was the game got out of reach for them they didn't want to chance it or maybe you know he aggravated something so it's definitely a case like we need to watch this Correct. throughout the week and you know, are you, be are you interested in Pettis at all in any leagues, any size leagues? Would you pick up Pettis uh, the, in a deeper dive? Yeah. It, well, it, it's really going to depend on if Goodwin's out. So right. it's something to monitor. You could pick him up if you have this, the bench spot to stash, but it would be more like a, oh, my God, Goodwin didn't make it Sunday. I need a desperation play kind of throw in Pettis. For me, I think Garcon will feast. I think Kittle will feast. And we saw that in the game. Uh, those guys are going to get the majority of the love from Garoppolo. Um, you, all right. That's just so the, 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 what every fantasy owner is wanting us to talk about are the running back breakdowns. It was, it went back and forth all morning long on, Oh, it's, you know, and all week long for that matter on, Oh, burrito is going to get the first option. No, it's going to be out for yeah, first. Yeah. And guess what we, we, it, what happened is what we expected. There was a virtual split. They were both, you know, rush for 40 yards. Uh, Alfred Morris was the goal line guy. However, he did fumble uh, the ball at the goal at line. The goal line yeah. So that'll be interesting factor moving forward. I think it's interesting to just see that they split the carries evenly. Yeah. Um, so for me, I always thought in my mind, like Breda was a talented guy, but they didn't view him as a guy that could carry it as much as Morris. Uh, quite the contrary. They gave the ball to both of them equally and Breda actually comes out with a better average 4.2 compared to Morris's 3.2. It's one game. It's a very small right. sample size. We need to think, see this thing play out. I wouldn't drop any of these guys uh, in the rare instance that either of them are available. If you're in a super deep league or, so, or a super shallow league, then pick one of these guys up for sure. They're worth the stash because I think we've yeah. seen it. You know, Shanahan makes a top 15 running back five of the last six years in fantasy. One of these guys could emerge as that guy. I just think I think we're both in agreement. It has to be one guy. So who's it going to be? Yeah. Um, I think they're going to work through that, you know. OK. So, so moving on. Yeah, we, yep. we have the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. The seven hour game, the longest game ever played. <laughs> <laughs> it literally, you know, Johnny talked about this at the top of the show. It had multiple weather delays. Uh, it ended up that after that final weather delay, both teams had two special teams touchdowns. Our yeah. both teams had a special teams touchdown each. The game started to pick up a bit. You saw some uh, some action like were, going they down were there. They up on Mountain Dew. That's right. 
And one guy that was jacked up is a guy I had been hyped on uh, coming into this week, and that's Kenny Stills. He looked great with both yeah. short and long touchdowns. He had 106 yards on four catches, targeted only five times, but definitely showed that he had rapport with uh, Ryan Tannehill. We look at the other side of the ball. Corey Davis sees 13 tar- targets, brought in six of them for 62 yards. So if Gabbert's the guy, I'm kind of worried, like we talked about. Um, but I think we know in both of these receiving cores the pecking order, right? right I think right. I think it's Kenny Stills, and then Amendola saw a little bit of work. But I think that we know that it's Kenny Stills there. On the other side, I think with Tennessee, we know it's Corey Davis. It's just about the ancillary pieces. Can Gabbert consistently get it to him? Uh, that's my question for you, Johnny. It, sorry, repeat the question for me. Yeah, can can Blaine Gabbert consistently get it to Corey Davis enough to make him relevant? I I mean, you're you're drafting him. I I would, I want to I want to hold off on that judgment for now, just because we've I, as I've seen Blaine Gabbert in my own backyard up close, and and there are times when he looks very confident and and looks like he could get the job done, but then there are other times when you're like. What is he doing and why Why did he do that? Uh, fortunately for for us and for fantasy owners of Corey Davis, that, that might not necessarily happen because Mar- Marcus Mario could be okay. But certainly if, if Blaine Gabbert is the quarterback uh, for the next few weeks, if it comes out that maybe Mariota broke his finger or something, I would hamper your expectations for Corey Davis. I would like to see it first. I want to see targets. If Blank Gabbert comes out and peppers him with targets for a game, you're not going to be upset with yourself if you have Corey Davis on it, on your bench and he you know gets 14 targets and catches eight of them for 90 yards. You just kind of deal with that. That's like something that you deal with as a fantasy owner. And usually where you got him in drafts, you were, you were able – he's usually your wide receiver three or wide receiver four. So I think you're you're going to be okay if you don't necessarily start him. I want to see it first if if Gabbert does come out. In fact, is the starter. All right, Travis. Yeah. The big one I want to ask you about is the running backs for the Miami Dolphins. So Kenyon Drake, we know his talent. We know what he can do. We know what he did last year. But they brought in Frank Gore. We've been talking about it all off season, and. You look at this first game, Frank Gore had nine carries for 61 yards and Kenyon Drake had 14 for 46 yards. What are you moving forward? What are your expectations for Kenyon Drake? And what what do you see this backfield playing out as? I think it'll be a lot like it was uh, here. It'll be probably like eight to 11 carries for Gore every week and 15 to 16 to 17 carries for uh, Kenyon Drake every week. And I think as long as Kenyon Drake does what he's done kind of his whole career, and that's be an effective runner and not fumble the football and catch balls out of the backfield, Kenyon Drake's going to be fine. And he's going to settle into an RB two RB three every week. And you're going to, and he's going to have some upside. He was in there on some of their goal line looks. He catching the ball is where he looked fantastic. Similar to Dalvin cook when he was catching the ball, that's where he looked best. He didn't, he had some runs, but then they were called back because of holding. Um, So like he looked good. I'm not, I think the talent will rise out. I think Frank Gore has a big game. I think, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be upset that you drafted Kenya Drake. I think he's going to get enough work. I don't think he's going to be a guy you're going to have to worry about. Um, He is the quote unquote starter. Um, Gore is a guy that they're going to move in for change of pace and, and an effective change of pace of that. And I will just say that after this game, 
got a lot more confidence in Miami as a whole. I think they're going to be a little bit better than people thought uh, they were going to be. I think they showed it in this game. They stayed with it the whole game. I'm not giving Gase coach of the year just yet, but I'm just saying I think that they are a team that's going to shock a, little, a few people. They, they could be pretty good this year. All right, so moving right along, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Giants. The Jags end up winning 20-15. to 15. Keelan Cole was a guy that we were interested in in this game and seeing what his rapport was. They expected to be the number one in Jacksonville after Marquis Lee went down. He only saw four targets, but he did bring in three of them for 54 yards. Uh, there wasn't a lot of action here. Um, you did see... Uh, D.D. Westbrook, who might be an interesting waiver wire stash, um, he did see six targets and he caught five of them, but it was it was for not a lot of yardage there. So it still remains to be seen at what which wide receiver you're going to want to own here. There will be a fantasy relevant wide receiver. It's just it's going to take a little bit of time to really see which one pans out between those ones. And it might be up and down with how up and down. Uh, Blake Bortles is uh, and how he plays. So just hamper your yeah, another interesting there. note from this game, you know, not very loud, but Austin Safarian Jenkins gets five targets. So just he gets mo one more than uh, Keenan Cole and one less than Dee Westbrook. So kind of similar to how I projected this to be. I think it'll be a fairly even split between all these guys. But ASJ has that touchdown upside being that big body in the red zone. We'll just see, you know, with the fact that Fournette's banged up, will they lean on passing it more in the red zone as opposed to not being able to have that thumper to just kind of just punch it in there. So keep an eye out on that. Once again, if you're a Delaney Walker or Greg Olson owner, ASJ is a guy you could look at as a yeah. potential at least a streamer. Um, I don't think he'll be great on the whole, but I think that he has a couple matchups down the road. Looking at the other side of the ball, Saquon Barkley, I am telling you, man, this guy is going to be a force to reckon with for a long time, and he is fun to watch. And with yeah. him him and OBJ on the same team, this offense should have better days. Again, they played the best defense in the league, and they still put Saquon put up, you know, 18 rushes for 106 yards and a touchdown. Had two catches for 22 yards. Odell Beckham uh, had 11 catches on 15 targets for 111 yards. OBJ had two options. Eli overthrew him twice. He could have easily had another 50-yard receiving and two touchdowns, both of, of which were Eli overthrowing him when he was wide open in the end zone. And, uh, but my, yeah, what was nice to see out of OBJ was Pat Shermer doing exactly what we thought he would do. And that's using OBJ in space and not on swing passes and bubble screens and all these things that he did to yeah. get OBJ, OBJ, the ball in space. I mean, it equated to, like you said, 15 targets. Uh, and the next closest was Sterling Shepard with seven. So he had, he had more than 50% more targets, uh, you know, than, then Sterling Shepard, he is the guy. He's the bread and butter of that passing game, and, and that's kind of what we thought it was going to be, and it equated to that here. Even in a tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey, you saw OBJ feast, and so like you said, I think there's better days to be had when – imagine when he's playing a soft secondary uh, and he's getting those 15 targets and he's getting, you know, or maybe yeah. 20 targets. Okay. So I, I, I really like OBJ. Nothing about this game changed my mind there. I really like Saquon Barkley. Evan Ingram kind of did what I thought was possible here. Obviously, I think Jacksonville is a tough matchup, so we'll just have to wait and see. I wouldn't panic, 
But Evan Ingram, I was a guy that I always thought was draft stock was a little high as maybe possibly the third option behind OBJ and Saquon Barkley. And in this case, uh, even Sterling Shepard, who had seven targets himself. So let's see how that shakes out. Yep. Um, but moving on to another game uh, that maybe wasn't the most exciting. Actually, I'll tell you uh, what, though. I, I It was pretty admittedly, exciting. Admittedly, I, I, I threw some money on the Browns. Because uh, I didn't, I I didn't expect. Well, the, the going into this game, the Steelers were favored by four. Right. Uh, I thought that the Browns could could you know be within three of this game, so I thought that was a good bet. They ended up. I push. I get my money back because it's a it's a tie. Uh, but you, you know get the, the they points, tied, though. You didn't know. You just you picked yeah, them straight up. I picked them. Yeah, I picked them straight up to win. Oh, okay. Uh, so I got I got you know when you're having those bloody marys on Sunday morning and you're just yeah. you're feeling a little good, you know. Yeah. Well, like, and, I, I, yeah, why, you got why that not? HBO, you got that HBO hard knocks bias, dude. You're just like, oh my God, I love the Browns. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing. Like poor, poor Browns fans, right? Like you even saw it at the end of the game, just Hugh Jackson. They just panned in on him after the mixed field goal. And he was just like, it just, he could just see himself like, what do I need to do to win a game? Like I, they had six turnovers in that game. They were set up to win the game and still multiple the, times too. The so that last guys. pick that last pick, then they get the block on the back on it. And I was like, Oh my God. Like they were just like right there. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was an awesome game to watch though. The rain and everything uh, back and forth. But on the other side of the ball, you see James Connor who may not have the best haircut in the world, uh, but definitely, definitely like, did work he had 31 rushes for 135 yards and two touchdowns i mean this guy was killing it out there they even worked him in the receiving game uh you saw the over dramatic he when he scored goes right to his offensive lineman to hug him you you thought they might have been playing games there a little bit uh it just looked a little too cheesy to me and you know petty on the other side if you look at Le'Veon Bell after the game is is texting out emojis, uh, the yeah. the monocle emoji, trying to say, "Hmm, I wonder what's going on here." So, thirty one yeah, yeah. rushes. I mean, they we thought this was going to happen. They were yep. going to drive Connor into the ground because they were going to prove we don't need Le'Veon Bell, um, and they kind of backed it up because they were, except for the fact that they tied this ball game. Yeah, but I think moving forward. As long as Le'Veon Bell is out, you throw James Conner. He will be, uh, I think, in my eyes, because of the volume and the offense that he's on, he's going to be at worst an RB2. I think he has the RB1 upside each and every single week. So as long as Le'Veon Bell does not report and continue to monitor that, we'll continue to give you guys news on that. The latest that I did see that came out of Pittsburgh was that now the Pittsburgh Seals are expecting – uh, James Conner to to or excuse me, Le'Veon Bell to miss up to uh, the first month of football. So with that being said, as long as James Conner is starting, start him with confidence uh, unless you have something absurd as your three running backs. But I would roll out James Conner almost every single week until further notice. And then yeah, when you're you looking turn at- around, yeah, turn around on the Browns and you see 22 rushes. Uh, 22 carries for Carlos Hyde, only 62 yards. But, I mean, they gave him the ball. Uh, we thought this might be a, a running back by committee. It's looking like it's the Carlos Hyde show. We were really high on the Cleveland line coming into last year. 
Uh, they didn't make it many major changes. I think we should still be high on our high on them. Is Hyde going to be better than this though? That's the question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, maybe it's just that kind of game. It was just a sloppy game. They, they maybe they'll clean that up, but I think Hyde has some value here, especially at a guy getting 20 plus carries a game. You look at the receiving though, Jarvis Landry, man, doing his thing, 15 targets, seven catches, 108 yards, didn't score, but had an average of 15 yards per attempt. That's yeah. or per reception. That's pretty good stuff there. Um, Josh Gordon obviously played way more than 20 snaps in this game, still was only able to find the one catch. It was a touchdown. It was a great catch, man. Yeah, it was it was, it was a beastly catch. catch. But... But, yeah, but I mean, the Jarvis Landry doesn't surprise me at all. I've been kind of saying that all summer long and I do still have my concerns about Josh Gordon, but he will be eased more and more into this offense. When you look at the other notable um, um, mentions here, honorable mentions on the Steelers side, you had uh, Jesse James with uh, three of five targets um, for 60 yards. So not a bad if you're looking to stream tight ends, that that is an option. Juju Smith had a very nice game, five for eight for 119 yards. And then Antonio Brown was nine for 16 with 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ward was on Brown all game and Ward looked great as a CB. So uh, continue on to that. Don't freak out about the Antonio Brown not having a a monster game against the Browns. All right, we're going to keep it moving along here with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chiefs just came out and just punched the Chargers right in the face from the get-go. Chiefs 38, Chargers 28. You had... Oh my gosh. Tyree kill is a man among boys. It looked like it yesterday. He affected the game in so many ways, but no bigger than, you know, in the return game and in the receiving game, uh, he had a monster. He put up around 30 fantasy points in most, if even more in PPR. Another guy that I'm liking here is Patrick Mahomes. I think he could be the real deal here. He had 15 uh, for 27 and 256 yards and four touchdowns. He had no picks, which was the big news here. I love love the fact that he didn't throw an interception. He also added five rushing yards for 21 yards. You definitely like to see that. Patrick Mahomes, if he's on your waiver wire, is definitely a guy that you should uh, be interested in picking up, especially, you know, if you're an Aaron Rodgers owner. I wouldn't mind sticking Patrick Mahomes on the bench just in case any news comes out about Aaron Rodgers. And then when you look at uh, some of the other sides, uh, Keenan Allen, he had he did what Keenan Allen does. I, I think that we need to stop questioning Keenan Allen as a wide receiver. And uh, Phillip Rivers continues to prove that he can be a QB1. Now, he doesn't have that upside, like we said. I don't think he has the upside to get you a QB1 return numbers, uh, but he will be a top 12 quarterback when it comes to the end of the year. So if you have him, continue to roll him out with confidence. They're going to throw a ball a lot. And then you look at Mike Williams. I, I had a question at who was going to be the the wide receiver two in this in this game for Phillip Rivers. And, it you know, Mike Williams had a, a nice little game here with six targets. He had five catches for 81 yards, but Philip rivers really likes to pass the ball around. And that's what he continued to do. You saw Calvin or uh, sorry, um, Benjamin 
he also had a couple of big drops. He could have had a nice day as well as Tyrell Williams had a, had a, a decent day as well. So this, this wide receiver core still seems to be uh, up in the air as who will be that wide receiver too. Once that does pan out though, I do think that that will be a valuable slot to, to look forward to moving forward. All right. We're going to move right along here. We're waiting for Travis to jump back in here. We kind of lost a little bit of connection, but that's okay. Um, Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers have 16, had uh, 16 points, Dallas eight. And this was a very defensive minded game. Obviously not a whole lot of fantasy points were put up uh, on either side. For some reason, Ezekiel Elliott only had 15 carries, which is insane, or 15 touches. Uh, they need to get him the ball more, and I think that that will be a much higher emphasis going forward. But it was a little bit of, of a concern there because that offensive line didn't necessarily seem up to par or up to what our expectations were. So that is a little bit disappointing. But again, I do expect... Uh, Ezekiel Elliott to touch the ball a lot more moving forward and that wide receiver core. Uh, I know that Travis had definitely talked about it in the, uh, over the summer it, there is some concerns there. And that was why there was concerns with Dak Prescott. But again, he, these are all nude wide receivers, better days ahead. I think for Dallas, uh, I don't think they're like the best team, but they certainly have the ability to be better than what they were yesterday. When you're looking at Carolina side of the ball, CMC was the bell cow. Um, however, he did fumble near the red zone on a red zone target or carry. That was not good. And Cam Newton still looks to be the the touchdown goal line guy, which doesn't uh, surprise me, but it does lower my stock and my confidence in CMC. But CMC will be all over the field. So be confident in CMC as a, a running back two. And he will have those weeks where he is an, uh, an RB1. So continue with that aspect of it. All right, we're going to keep moving right along. We got the Washington Redskins at the Arizona Cardinals. This game is very was very, very disappointing. Um, I don't really want to talk about it, but unfortunately we do. We need to because there are fantasy-relevant uh, situations going on. AP looked great. Um, he had a, a ton of yard. They both went, both him and Chris Thompson, both went over a hundred total scrimmage yards and Adrian Peterson also got in the end zone as well as, as Chris Thompson. I do like Chris Thompson moving forward a little bit more than AP just because I don't expect the game script to be as nice for Washington. I think that they, they kind of came out and the Arizona Cardinals were not ready for a game. So they got up early and then they ended up running the ball a lot more than I think they normally would. Alex Smith looked great. If you need, if you're, if you're playing the quarterback roulette game, you know, you're the streaming of the quarterbacks. Alex Smith is definitely a guy that is worth a pickup uh, and a stream play. He completed a ton of passes. He did what Alex Smith does. He dinks and dunks, and that's how he destroys you. Reed, uh, Jordan Reed had a very nice game. Jordan Reed remains a guy and a tight end who, if he's starting, you're playing him. You're putting him out there. He's a good tight end. 
as well as Alex Smith likes to throw to his tight end. Jamison Crowder, uh, if you hopped on to our Instagram live right before the kickoffs, we told you that expect a slower day from Jamison Crowder just because of uh, who they were facing and, and the, and the DB that he would most likely see. And so, um, so make sure, make sure there are better days ahead for Crowder uh, for sure. So Friday, we'll be previewing all the action during the week. Sunday mornings, we will be going live for a few minutes to ta- answer some of those lineup questions. So for look for us on the social platforms there. And like Johnny said at the top of the show, we've got our rankings out every week, waiver wire columns. I got my form of stardom cinema in the form of play or stay away. And we are just excited to keep pumping out this content. We are in the regular season mode. And I'm just excited to be doing this with you, my brother. We are kicking it off. And, dude, football is back. It's back. It's exciting. And, you know, hit us up with those questions. We'll be going Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock to get you prepared for your fantasy lineup. We'll be on Instagram Live. So make sure you go and follow us over there. Download our latest podcasts and episodes on your favorite iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Well, let's check out our rankings. If you don't happen to get your question answered on our show or we didn't go over it today, check out our rankings, thefantasywhispers.com. That's Big Travi. I'm Johnny GameTime Hicks. And until next time, we're out. Peace. listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers